Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. That is correct. And either I'll say, and how. Uh, and now here's Julie Weisenhorn, <laughs> or here's Mary Meyer, or here's Teresa Rooney. I don't have to choose. <laughs> They're all We're here all today. Here today. Oh, yes. This is a first. You know what? I this thought about this a couple days ago with uh, when Mike Lynch was talking about these uh, the stars that, that, that the conjunctions in the heavens. Oh, it's this just is, yeah, it's just all lining this, up. This, this won't is happen amazing. again until twenty twenty three. I think <laughs> like every seven years. But it's great to see uh, see you all here. And uh, for folks that are regular listeners, know uh, your expertise, uh, Julie, Mary, and Teresa. And this is kind of fun. But, but in all honesty, you're here for. Besides to help our listeners. Yeah, we're here for the photos. We've got to get some yeah, live promo. pictures <laughs> of you, Denny, yeah, with exactly. all of us, with what it really looks like when we're down here. People hear us, but now you'll be able to see us with some promotion through extension. Now, next time we'll do this in the summertime, we can wear T-shirts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Instead of six layers. It won't be so cold. Something like that. Good Lord. What do you people who love gardening do when I'm looking at the screen now? It's a minus two. It's two below zero. <laughs> Um, do you have dreams of yeah, I've seed been catalogs? Re- and- I've been repotting my orchids. <laughs> That's been nice and yeah. patrolling them for pests. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mary? Well, we do spend much more time looking at our house plants. That's for sure. So I, I write, I am repotting some plants, looking at plants. I this is when citrus blooms. So we and all of us who have calamondins and the limes and lemons, the winter is when they bloom. So we see some beautiful flowers on those and fragrance now. So it's not all bad. And Teresa, you're and you're... there's people like me who have cats, which will destroy every house plant. <laughs> so I've given up on house plants. And apparently, there's a lot of other master gardeners out there that don't have house plants so we have to think well um, what can we do in our landscape next year so you can look outside you look at the bones of your garden where do i need some stuff look at the pictures that we tell you to take all year long look at those pictures and see what's missing what can i change and then you look at those pictures and say okay now let me get my seed catalogs out and then hopefully that will limit your buying of four thousand packages of seeds because you realize you only have a little city lot and and so you can't have everything in the world so you can really select and then we watch gardening shows and pretty pictures and take out our gardening books dream. and we dream and, we dream and yeah, we go and the interns today are out at the arboretum learning for the new crop of master gardeners so 
We we are still gardening. Gardeners are <laughs> gardeners garden three hundred sixty five days a year. And right. I, go ahead, Mary. I, I was just going to say. So Teresa was talking about the seeds. So what seeds you have left over from last year? You know, we do recommend buying new seed every year, but but we keep things from last year. So where where is that old seed? What have you got left over? Uh, maybe you can remember something that didn't do well when you see those seeds, and and really start making a list of what to buy. Well, I tell you what. Let's do this. Let me uh, give the phone number. And the text Sounds number. good. Uh, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, boy, are you in luck today. A lot of help <laughs> in studio. 651-989-9226 or send a text uh, 81807. We did get, <laughs> as, as regular listeners know and you guys know, another Creeping Charlie question. Yay! Um, <laughs> of course. Let's see. They wanted to know earlier. In fact, this came in earlier this morning about putting preen uh, will that eventually kill no. or keep? That won't do anything no. to uh, no. Preen is a pre-emergent herbicide. So in other words, if, if, if you were seeding for Creeping Charlie, then it would prevent that seed from germinating. But it's not going to do anything on the actual plants themselves. It, actually, I think some of the preen is, is even a fertilizer. So you would be feeding the oh, Might even Charlie. be better. <laughs> We've cleared the line. So if you want to ask your garden question uh, via phone, Call it in, or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. You know what I have to mention? Don't have to. I want to. By the Yard, the folks that make that great patio furniture down in Jordan, Minnesota, sponsor the show every week. Yeah, thank every you single so much. Week. Check them out, bytheyard.net. They're good folks, still a family-run business. Uh, well, okay, there was another Creeping Charlie question. Somebody <laughs> loves... Somebody loves uh, to make tea. I don't have, as any of you, we've had this question before. We've had before. this question before, and I've just seen another article on people using it for tea. Because it's, it so it's, it's, yeah. it's a mint. It's a mint, yeah. So, right, just like uh, even bergamot, you mm-hmm. know, the, the yep. bee balm right. perennial can be used. So, um, the, you know, it is edible whether or not uh, you like it or how strong it is. It might be quite different. I think I'd be careful about using it, though, because a lot of people treat it. Oh, with and you might be actually oh, that's true. consuming yeah. that herbicide. Yeah. So Absolutely. take care. Yeah. Uh, text number, boy, we're getting a bunch of calls too, but the text number is 81807. <laughs> well, all this cold weather, Texter says, and hardly any snow on the ground, that's so far, in our area. Will our lawns and plants need more or different care than usual this spring? Yeah, this Good could question. be a big yeah. issue because yeah. the snow is the poor man's mulch. And uh, it is going to snow hopefully now Sunday night before it gets really cold. But uh, when we don't have a snow cover, the crowns of plants are much more likely to freeze. Now, I know you guys can't endorse certain mm-hmm. brands, but l- l- let me paraphrase this. Uh, if I choose, Texture says, not to buy every type of plant fertilizer, which one is most recommended? Is there a type uh, rather than a brand name that you guys can mention? I mean, like well, I could say Miracle Grow or whatever. Well, I like, I like to – if people are – especially if they're new gardeners, some of the extended um, fertilizers, the ones – the granulars that you put down, you just sprinkle them on the soil and just let it go. And, and they last about 30 days. That really works um, because then you don't have to think about it if you're a new gardener and you can think about other things. Um, the other, the liquids, the, yeah. the, and you have to mix up, you have to. Right. That's right, Teresa, because the, the slow release means it's going to be available over a long period of time. So it's kind of a quick release like the liquid or slow release with the granular. And then the granular can vary with the release time. But the insoluble on the label will tell you it's not soluble, not slower release. 
So, and then after that, there's the three numbers, the N, P, and K, the nitrogen, phosphorus, and uh, potassium. So, yeah, we don't recommend uh, a brand, but it's, um, there, there is quite a bit of variation. Um, I think also yeah. you have to remember what you're actually going to be fertilizing. So there are certain, you know, if you're growing vegetables, mm-hmm. they're going to be, you're going to be doing everything you can to produce the fruit on the vegetables. Sure. So mm-hmm. it's going to need probably a little bit more fertilizer than, say, just a, a, a coleus or something like that that you have in a container. And containers mm-hmm. will need fertilizer in them because there's mm-hmm. nothing for them to draw from. Except, point. you know, around like in a, in a garden soil. And, and if you have your, your gardens, your native plants, you don't want to be fertilizing them. Most of your perennials don't need a lot of fertilizing. They, they get too big and floppy, and you don't need that. If you're just tuned in and hearing all these wonderful voices, uh, we've got a lot of help in studio because of a photo shoot today. And we're so glad that, <laughs> that, that even in, in spite of the cold weather, that Julie, Mary, and Teresa are in studio helping you out. So call us or uh, send a text. Eight one eight zero seven. We do have a bunch of callers. Let's see before we break if we can't uh, can't help a couple of folks. Marsha, in Burnsville. Marsha, what's your question, please? Hi, I have solved my creeping Charlie problem. Oh, you have. Um, a lot of us forget that creeping Charlie was originally sold as a ground cover. Exactly, that's correct. So I have decided to regard it as a ground cover. Excellent. It is very low. It does not grow high like grass, so you don't have to mow it as much. And I have never had, I, I had an infestation of worms on my Creeping Jenny, but, but the worms would not touch my Creeping Charlie. So my idea is I'm going to allow Creeping Charlie in my lawn as much as it wants to be there, and I'm going to focus my time on my garden. So I'm wondering if uh, we aren't concentrating too much on trying to get rid of it and just live with its benefits. It's all Thank in how you. you look at it, right? That is that is a possibility, and I think uh, if if your neighbors are okay with that, I was just going to hey, say, and if your neighbors. husband is okay <laughs> with that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's you know that's you know, that's, that's, that's a good point. Embracing really creeping is. Charlie is, is is one approach. I've heard more more and more people doing that. So, all right, <laughs> uh, cuts down on the mowing too, doesn't it? Cuts down on the mowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barb is calling in from Rochester with a question. Oh, Barb, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. I also, as you are looking, of course, at seed catalogs. This is I'm looking at golden beets. I understand they're a little bit harder to grow, but I've had them. They're delicious. Is they are they harder to grow than regular beets, or is there something special I'm supposed to do with golden beets? No, I I don't think they're harder to grow, Barb. I think that they are. Um Maybe a little slower, but but uh, maybe not quite as large yeah. as some of the other ones because the other uh, red beets are ones that we've had, and there are many Detroit red and the old favorites there. But, no, I think you should go ahead and try that. Um, they need moisture for the germination, and they need a friable or a looser soil so that the roots can develop. And so um, the limiting factor I've had with beets is enough water early in the season uh, but they, I, I would urge you to try the golden beets. Okay, great. Yep. You know what? We need to take a quick break. We have more show to come. This is our Smart Garden Show. Uh, Julie, Mary, Teresa, all in studio helping you out today. So take advantage of their expertise. Call in your question or send a text. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. 
And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, brought to us by our friends at the By the Yard Patio Furniture. You have a lawn or garden question. We have a full studio of help today, so take advantage of it. Julie's here. Mary's here. Teresa uh, here as well, answering your lawn or garden questions. 651-989-9226. Or again, if it's easier, send a text, 81807. Let's see who we have on the phone. Carrie is calling from Ham Lake, I believe. Carrie, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good. We're great. What my question is, is one year, I haven't done this for a few years, but one year I used mulch on my tomatoes. And we did it before we left for 4th of July. And when we came back, um, it had the seeds in it had germinated. Oh, this is so I'm straw? One, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, is there a specific a specific kind of straw that you get so that it doesn't do that? Or is that just something that straw does and you have to do something to prevent that? Well, you'd be looking for straw that's called clean straw, which means that it doesn't have seeds in it. But I don't know if you can be 100% sure all the time. It'd no. be really difficult. So, And, and, if, and if things sprout, you just pull them up and right. then, they malt, then they decompose. And so it's more fertilizer. You could also put a pre-emergent down, I suppose, you, if you, you haven't could. seeded well, your could. plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our one problem was we left for seven days. Right, right, right. yeah. And and so we didn't, you know, and we I didn't think anything would would germinate, so it didn't. So it's called clean straw. That's what yeah, they it, call it. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be a little hard to find. I mean, the farmers try to make the straw without seeds, but you never know what's going to get in there. Right. Don't want to get hay. <clears throat> no, don't get hay. No, that's right. for feeding animals. <laughs> yeah. So do I put preen down before I before I put it down then? Well, if you put preen down, you gotta you gotta remember where you put that preen because next year when you try to put in beets or your seedlings, you, you could have a problem because preen has quite a residual. So oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a it's a kind of a trade off. I I think you're better off using a mulch. Definitely. And and trying to decrease the seeds that are in there. If you see any uh, oat seed heads or anything, you know, take those out when you're putting the mulch uh-huh. down. Mm-hmm. But I think in, in the long run, you're ahead to use the mulch and um, um, just still put up with the seedlings that come with it. You know, you could also let the chickens into that. And there once you go. The, once the seed <laughs> starts sprouting, chicken. the chickens would love to eat that. <laughs> and the ducks, reason, they would love to, to, get some. to get in there. And yeah, no, Ter- <laughs> Teresa has chickens. Yeah. She has chickens, yeah. Yes, she does. <laughs> they don't work for a living. They're just freeloaders, but yeah. Gary, like- thank you. Uh, 651-989-9226. We're going to grab some text messages in a moment. But Willie is calling from Golden Valley with a question. Hi, Willie. Hello. Hello. I'm going to turn off my radio. That's a good idea. Okay. Turn it back on, though. Don't forget to do that. <laughs> Susan Blatch is a good friend of mine, I want to say. Well, she's I a great lady. sewing machine man, and I take care of all of her equipment. Excellent. Susan's <laughs> one of our producers. Of oh, wonderful. Yes, Susan. But anyway, uh, Marcia kind of beat me to the punch a little while <laughs> back about Creeping Charlie. I have just stopped fighting with the neighbors and let it grow for the last four or five years, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I've got lawn service people that won't even come near my yard because <laughs> I want to get that stuff stuck on the bottom of there. Which uh, is good. That's exactly one thing you have to worry about, yeah. Yeah. But uh, here's my question. I've got like 50 different kinds of lilies, 50 different kinds nice. of hostas, and built-up garden beds, and all kinds of oak and maple and black walnut trees in my mm-hmm. yard, and the leaves came down kind of late this mm-hmm. year, and I just used my blower and put them right on top of all of my garden. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm wondering if I can just use that instead of buying a bunch of bags of mulch. And just leave it there this year in the spring. Yeah, and actually, if even better would be if you mowed up the leaves and then dumped them on the garden because mm-hmm. the leaf pieces would be smaller and they wouldn't mat down as, as readily. Mm-hmm. Um, the one concern I would have is, is just to, to pay attention to the fact you have black walnut. Right. And black walnut has a, uh, a, a compound called, called juglone in its leaves and its fruit and its bark roots. and its roots and everything. <laughs> and it can prevent the growth of some plants. Now I don't know. I don't think hosta is one. No, it's not. No, hostas are okay. I'm yeah. not sure about lilies. But yeah. if your if your lilies are fine now and you've had the oak or the um, right. walnut for a while, it's probably okay. The leaf mulch is awesome yeah, for is. Uh, for the overwintering of pollinators mm-hmm. too. The queen yeah. bees that need to overwinter. So you're really doing a double double benefit there. Yeah. And actually reducing your work too. You're not hauling mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. to a compost site, I mean, to bag it, all that stuff. You know, you're recycling all the energy that's on your property, and right. that's that's right. a wonderful system to get into because then it just keeps feeding. It just is a nice loop. And this year, with no snow, you've got your mulch, right? For protecting, free. Protecting Yay. your plants, right? Mm-hmm. I just bought a leaf shredder. Yeah. I'm not yeah. bagging any more leaves. They're <laughs> <Yeah>. all <laughs> going right back into Outstanding. the garden. Yep. <laughs> you know, I've decided that uh, the three of you should be here every week. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yes, it is. You're I'm here sure. all the time. You may, I think you have a cot here, don't you? Yes, I do have a cot here. All right. But it's great to have all three. If you're just joining us in studio, Julie Weisenhorn, Mary Meyer, and uh, Teresa Rooney, uh, all in studio at the same time answering your lawn and garden questions. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We have another half hour of the show to go, so don't go away. Uh, I know we promised you some text messages. We'll get those answered and uh, phone calls as well. Let me give you that phone number again, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Text number is eight one eight zero seven. And good morning, welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard down near Jordan, Minnesota. Check them out, ByTheYard.net, the best patio furniture in the whole world. If you're just joining us, we have uh, all uh, three of uh, the brain power we have <laughs> individually. Yes, the triumvirate. As I said, it's like a I've conjunction. Been to say that all uh, we do we do have three stars that are, have joined us today and that is aligned. Julie, Mary and Teresa answering your lawn and garden questions. So I said earlier, take advantage of of uh, the folks here all together at the same time. Call us with your lawn and garden question or send us a text. Uh, 651-989-9226, uh, text 81807. Ginny is calling from River Falls. Ginny, good morning. Hi, Ginny. Good morning. Good morning. morning. My question is, um, I did not get my lilacs trimmed. They're probably about five, six years old, and I try to keep them down so they don't grow too tall. I did not get the old blossoms cut off last year when I should have. Um, is that going to stop some of my blooms coming for this year no no the old blossoms won't prevent anything no okay. yeah, you, you just don't want to pr- you want to prune them within a couple of weeks after, after bloom. they bloom mm-hmm. yeah. okay very good thanks before they set so, buds so not pruning you're not going to hurt anything you, it's just good they're going to get a little taller so here is a uh, text that uh, actually uh, a lawn question besides creeping charlie uh <laughs> is it too late to winter so i su- assume they mean uh uh uh, winter, that's winter dormant seeding. Seeding. Dormant, seeding. Yeah, yeah. dormant seeding. So normally we recommend that in early December. Um, actually, you can do that right now. Uh, the thing is it, you you want to do it on pretty much bare soil. So if you're doing it on top of the snow, it's really uncertain where that seed is going to end up. 
The mice will be so happy. Oh, yeah, the mice will be so happy. <laughs> and the birds. Right, birds, voles, things like that. So unless you can actually get it into the soil with contact with the soil right now, I would say it's too late. Okay. Julie, what is that kind of a daisy that Texter is writing like about? Like a bear daisy. Uh, about mildew. Cabaret what to do about mildew on that Mildew daisy. on that daisy. Yeah, they're susceptible to powdery mildew. And uh, usually it comes from just, it, it's an air circulation. Those have pretty dense crowns. So you can remove some of the lower leaves a little bit to to allow for some air at the soil. And then be careful about watering the leaves. Just water at the base of the plant. Uh, water the soil. Make sure it drains really well. And then be sure that it's in a nice sunny location so it actually is drying out a little bit between watering. And that might help a little bit. Yeah, you can put a fungicide on it. And, and if it's a plant in a pot, you could do that. But most people don't want to do that in their houses. They don't want to use chemicals necessarily. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Chris is calling in from Blaine, I believe, with a question. Chris, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, thanks. Um, I've got a cabin up on Lake Superior, and I planted mugo pine uh, a lot of years ago, and there is a huge root system, but there's also probably four-fifths of it is just giant uh, mugo pine branches. And I know that the, the root system, you know, the bark and the the root is getting really big up above the soil. Um, is there anything safely that, because they're healthy as can be, is there anything I could do to cut down the size and would it help the mugo pine to, uh, you know, to be growing down deeper towards the soil again to fill that bottom out? So I, I, I would not do anything, uh, Chris. I, I think that your plant has made do with the shallow soil and the rocky conditions that you've got because your, your concern to us has really been the roots are so big and they, I can see them and everything, but the p- top of the plant looks great. I mean, so healthy. So I, I think the plant's okay. You might not feel as good as the plant does. And, but, and it may have been limbed up maybe by some deer or something when oh, you weren't there right. during the winter. So that may be why you're seeing some of the, the, the emptiness yeah. be- between. But, yeah, it sounds, they want to be nice big plants, so it sounds happy. Texter is a really a comment more than a question. A deep freeze is going to help reduce the dreaded Japanese beetle grub. <laughs> Is no, that true? Don't count on no. it. Really? <laughs> no. Not necessarily. No, no. The, the only thing that might affect grubs, at least the early populations, is maybe some dryness, some drought. And, and as we were talking off air, uh, then we have an issue with our plant health. So it's kind of a, you know, a balancing act there. But uh, probably not. Uh, those grubs are quite a ways mm-hmm. deep in the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you have a question for Julie, Mary, or Teresa, call it in or text it in like uh, Tom is calling in. From Apple Valley. Tom, what is your question, please? Hi, Tom. Yeah, actually, I got a, Hi, uh, good morning. I actually have a couple questions. Uh, I've been cutting a lot of buckthorn south of Hastings. Great. And, uh, as I'm, <laughs> yeah. Um, as I'm cutting the buckthorn, I've been encountering uh, several wild euonymus plants. Mm. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> They're, yeah. Yeah, you want to get rid of those too. Oh, you do? Yeah. So, why? So, as an ornamental, we have a euonymus plant in our front mm-hmm. of our house mm-hmm. in Apple Valley. Why would I want to get rid of a euonymus? Well, you've seen it where the buckthorn is. So it's aggressive and it's self-seeding out there. So so think of it as a lesser buckthorn problem. It's on the watch list for our uh, Minnesota noxious weed. 
And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. It, okay. And it's because it seeds so much. So we're, we're okay. talking about the burning bush. Burning here, bush, right? yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The euonymus, it gets that bright red color, has a very distinctive corky, ridged bark, mm-hmm. so you can tell what it is. But yes, it's not as aggressive as buckthorn, right. but it does have the seeds. So, yeah. so in your home, it's probably not a problem. If it's out in the wild, if you live near that's a wild right. area, then that's where you have to really be be proactive and and take care of the wild area around. And you. that's the same with uh, we have twenty six varieties mm-hmm. of barberry. Yep. that have long time been available in the retail sector, and they have they are now on the noxious weed list because they're so seedy. And it's not that you have to take them out in your right. landscape; that's your choice. But when you find it out in a naturalized area like a woodland, uh, then you want to be sure that you're removing that. Or you can report that. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Ag has a site called Arrest the Pest. And you can call it in or you can send a photo and email it into them as well. So the plant that's out there in the wild that grew from a seedling is probably a vigorous seedling that can set a lot more seedlings. Mm-hmm. So the ones that we get out in the wild tend to be the ones that are the good seeders. So that's when you eliminate them, um, you eliminate a lot of the problem. Where in our home landscapes, like the little crimson beauty, I have a nice. I used to have that hedge of that till the bunnies ate it off. <laughs> that's but, one control. They, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do but enjoy that. I rarely saw seedlings of that mm-hmm. uh, the crimson pygmy. So uh, you know, so, so, as Julie said, there are many different kinds, but it's very likely when you see those plants out in the wild, they got there because it was a good tough seed and that will have their mm-hmm. propensity to seed again good point all right uh let's see who is next uh, mary's calling, uh, calling in from new prague i believe hi mary hi um i have a question about maximilian sunflower it's a perennial it uh, returns year after year and it can get three to ten feet tall uh, do you know much about it Yes, it's one of our great natives. Uh, it's a distinctive uh, sunflower. It has those really long, lance, kind of curvy, uh, droopy leaves, and then does have a nice sunflower on it, and it can be that huge thing that stands way above everything in the prairie. So it's a great uh, prairie plant, would be good for pollinators, and it's going to flower late in the year. It's September when that flowers. So that's a, that's a nice plant, Mary. Okay, so it could be good for seeding the, or feeding the birds in the winter if you leave could it standing. Could be, yeah, that's that, right. It would have seeds. It, it tends to have not the giant sunflower that we think of. That's the annual. It tends to have a smaller one, but it often will flower at the leaf axils. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a lot of flowers on it. Yeah. Also, it'll give you some winter interest if it's standing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Uh, I'm going to grab some text messages after Kim in Minneapolis's phone call. Uh, Kim, what's your question this morning? Uh, it's Ken. And, oh, Ken, sorry. Uh, I have an ash tree in my backyard. It's a majestic, uh, beautiful, glorious tree. And I'm wondering about the viability of chemical treatment uh, for the prevention of emerald ash borer. I've talked to some tree services, and some of them are, are recommending. I'm getting mixed messages, so just thoughts on uh, treating for emerald ash borer. Yeah, so Minneapolis, it's taking them out. They're taking um, most of the ashes out, Ken. And so it comes down to if it's a beautiful specimen tree, you want to treat it or you want to remove it. So that's a tough call, but uh, that's the inevitability of the emerald ash borer. Yeah, and I think that also you can uh, 
there's some thought there's a thought process that the MDA, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture has put together and it's how do I decide what to do about my yeah. ash. Mm-hmm. And so if you visit their website, uh you can go through that thought process and it will help you uh to kind of make a decision. One of the things about treating it is it's an it's an annual cost that you're going to have to endure every, you know, yeah. as long as you want to keep that tree. So where are you, Ken? Are you still there? Ken, where is your ash tree? Uh, it's in the backyard. It is probably 100 years old. It's uh, Minneapolis? Yes. So Hennepin County. Yeah, Hennepin yep. County, Hennepin Minneapolis. County. Minneapolis. So, yeah, so you could talk to uh, the local uh, folks in the city of Minneapolis, but that's they're pretty much have made the decision. They're removing ash trees. So in your case, it's, it's your own property, so I'm sure they're going to recommend that you use the uh, treatment. The preventative treatment lasts for two or three years. You do it repeatedly. Um, it's not uh, 100% certain, but um, it's it, there are trees all around you that have uh, been exposed to the emerald ash borer. And, and having a big ash tree, you have to figure out how is that tree helping your landscape, um, right. the birds. Is it shading your house, helping you with your energy? Uh, you know, property value. It, property values of mature trees are very, you know, very good for your property. But if you have to take it down, when if it does get in, uh, the borer, then that's a huge expense. Um, so, so there's all these things you have to worry about. We don't have a good, this is what you should do answer. <laughs> It's about it's a couple hundred dollars. I I use that figure roughly, mm-hmm. a couple hundred dollars to treat For it. Treating. It really varies. Every tree is different with the size and the amount of chemical needed. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can treat it for several years versus the couple thousand to remove it. All right, let's go back to the text messages. Uh, planted some tulip bulbs last fall. Texter says some around peach trees in the yard. Mm-hmm. Worried about survival without snow covering and the cold. I, I think you're going to be okay because the tulips should be four to six inches down in the soil. It stays 32 degrees in the soil. It freezes at 32. It will stay right around 32. So um, we'd like to have the snow cover, but the tulips should be fine. If you planted them at the right depth, yeah. they should be okay. Mm-hmm. I'd be more concerned about the squirrels eating them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought the question was going to be about the peach tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> peach harder. trees. Well, guess what? <clears throat> Excuse me. We have another comment about Creeping Charlie. <laughs> Creeping Charlie just needs a makeover, Tess, a Texas <laughs> it does. says. It does. Call it what the British do, ground ivy. Oh, yes. <laughs> they like it. They like it. Yep. And there you have it. All <laughs> right, here's a, here's the question for all three of you. You can uh, join in. What is a good ground cover for Creeping sandy <laughs> for, <laughs> for sandy shady areas? <laughs> Maybe it's the same, same answer. <laughs> um, I think uh, ginger, Canadian ginger, would work there. Yes, um, yes, ginger. that's a wild yeah. ginger that would mediums, work there. It's not very creepy, right? The, the there's another. Um, Oh, uh, mint is the uh, lamium. Lamium mm-hmm. is work. pretty aggressive mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we think of sandy soils as being good for the junipers as ground covers. Shady, not so good. Yeah, Juniper's pachysandra like might work. Oh, pachysandra it, might except work. that might need some amendment to the maybe adding compost into that planting mm-hmm. site. But yeah. that's a shade-loving 
You know, and this might be a good good time to mention, Mary, many years ago, helped the Master Gardeners in Minnesota organize a book called uh, oh, yes. Best Plants yeah. for 30 Tough Sites. Oh, yeah. And, and you can buy that book mm-hmm. or you can download it for free online. And I'd love Mary to redo that book. Um, but um, just <laughs> but there's update a, it. there's a Master Gardeners mm-hmm. helped with that. And they there did. is yeah. there's yeah. the sandy soil. The yep. Anoka County Master Gardeners did the sandy soil. Yeah, so, so there's, that was fun. That's yeah. a really good, you know, what can grow under my walnut the tree, best what Plants what for best 30 tough, 30 tough sites. sites. It was know, and I love that book, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find it on the website. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, which we, we haven't, haven't mentioned yet. yet. <laughs> now, before we break, let's do that. What's the website it that's is so good? Extension.umn.edu and click on the yard and garden tab, and you can, uh, or you can just Google best plants for 30 tough sites and you can find it there too. Outstanding. All right. We're gonna, we have more show to come, so don't go away. If you have a lawn or garden question, call it in. Or text it in, 651-989-9226. There is a line open. Or again, if it's easier, send a text, 81807. We're in the midst of our uh, Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Julie, Mary, Teresa, all in studio helping you out. Uh, we have callers. We have texters. Boy, um, a lot of city folks, texter says this because you were talking about straw mm-hmm. and hay. A lot of city folks think straw and hay are the same. They do. Okay. But they're not. But they're not. But they're not. (laughs) Straw is the bedding you would use for your animals and what you use for mulch. Hay is what you feed the animals. You know what we always like to do on this show every week, we try to do that, is is, uh, talk about a great place called the Arboretum. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. You guys love that yep. like like a lot we of We love that. Do. And mm-hmm. there's a lot going on at the Arboretum even in the winter. If we do get some snow now, the uh, ski trails will be open. Mm-hmm. The snowshoe trails, hiking trails are open. You can walk around at the Arboretum. But a week from today is the flower show. So the whole month of February, we have a beautiful flower show going on out there. We have nine different countries that will be represented with the plants from those countries and little uh, vignettes that you can visit. And then uh, some art and sculpture that will go along with that. So that will be fun. There are also tours uh, this um, this weekend, actually. Uh, you want to check with the Arboretum about the tours for the Harrison Sculpture Garden in the ah. winter mm. with the sculptures. But but uh, due to the weather conditions, you want to make sure those tours will still be happening because of the cold this weekend. Just like you gardeners, there's something going on 52 weeks a year. Exactly. Never ends. Yeah, like Smart Garden. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. The exactly. show. We're around every Saturday every in the 8 Saturday. o'clock hour. All right, let's go back to the phones. Jim is calling from, I think, Independence. Jim, you're on CCO. Thanks for waiting. Denny, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Uh well, Mary, Teresa, Julie, uh, I was wondering, could you go over chelates and how to apply them so that they get absorbed best and when to apply them? And then also, um, is there like a bacteria or something you can add to mulch to accelerate its availability to the plant as food? Okay, so chelate, this is a form of, usually we talk about this with iron, iron and the availability of iron, and this is usually uh, higher pH soils don't necessarily have that availability of iron. Well, first of all, I, I guess I wouldn't use any iron unless you've got a soil test that shows you need it. And sometimes this will come out in lawns. We do see lawn fertilizer that talks about chelated iron, 
and availability of iron and their different forms of that. It's complicated with what's available, and it's often uh, the soil pH that's affected by that. But I would recommend you start with a soil test for that. The other question was, do you need additional bacteria for decomposition? I think yeah, for yeah. breaking down mulch. Usually not. No. Usually the there's such ubiquitous huge numbers of bacteria, that's not a limiting factor. You can always put some extra on, but usually that's not the limiting, right? Yeah, and actually if soil itself has so many microorganisms Mm -hmm. in it that it's breaking stuff down all the time. Yeah, so 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 I would just feed those. Yeah, a shovel full of soil. That's, you know, rather than buying even something for your compost, compost just throw a a, some your soil in there, yeah. Yeah. Right, and those chickens. And the chickens. The freeloading yeah. chickens. <laughs> the freeloading chickens. <laughs> all right. Back to the phones we go. Rick is calling from Brooklyn Park. Rick, we're all listening. What's your question, please? Yeah, hi. Um, I live in Brooklyn Park there, and I and it's it was known for growing potatoes mm-hmm. for Brooklyn Park at one time. And I got a backyard. I've got a garden that has I've grown potatoes in it about the last five years in the same area. And I have a feeling I'm using up the, the something <laughs> you, in the soil, and I want to know because my my um, my yield is is getting smaller and smaller every year. And last year they're just the potatoes were about as big as quarters, you know. Yep, so Rick. Something, Rick, trust wrong. your trust your instincts. You are 100 percent correct. You need to rotate your crops. Um, use growing the same family of plants in the same place every year uses the same nutrients out of that and can harbor the same diseases so you can start seeing diseases. So you don't want to put your tom- tomatoes there or your peppers there either. They're all in the same family. You need to put something else there, green beans or something or lettuces or beets or something. Move the potatoes to another area. And, of course, you could always get a soil test. Right. The soil test is the way to go. Potatoes are big, heavy feeders. They mm-hmm. love that sandy or light soil. Heavy, heavy feeders at high nitrates. Uh, you can actually read about this in the news through the central part of Minnesota where the big sand uh, plains are and the potato production there has increased the nitrates in the soil water, the soil and the water, the water especially. So that's a fact of life with potatoes. They're just big, heavy feeders. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but rotation mm-hmm. is your first and easiest thing to do. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rick. Texter says, can I transplant my azalea bush, and how do I prevent harming it? I'm going to guess that's a house plant, azalea. No, azalea bush outside. You did say bush. That makes me yeah. think it is in, like yeah. it's already alive. But why would you be concerned about transplanting it now? Well, yeah. next because in the think, spring they're thinking in the spring. They're thinking ahead. So they're if it's outdoors, ahead. yes, you can transplant it. Uh, be sure that you are transplanting it into soil that has the proper pH because they are uh, plants that prefer an acid-loving uh, environment, mm-hmm. and so they want a lower pH on that soil. If you're talking about a house plant, you can transplant that anytime. All right. Yeah. Trying to be proactive, Texter says, with Japanese beetle infestation. Anything I can do before they appear? Any idea? No. No, no, there's really no. There's really throw up your hands. Right just wave the white flag. Although, give it up. <laughs> give it up. Although before they appear, you can read the new information. Yes, that you just can. came yes. out. Yes. Yeah, because we have a new updated brochure on the Japanese beetles on the Yard and Garden blog. So go to extension.umn.edu and click on uh, Yard and Garden, and you'll see the news, Yard and Garden news there. And that that's one of the first items is uh, the new information, but. 
uh, handpicking the adults and try to get rid of them when you, the first ones that you see uh, may eliminate uh, some of the others. Um, but it's it's tough, and it's not the worst thing to happen to have no, Japanese no. beetles. And and invite those birds in your yard so the birds see all the motion and maybe start eating the beetles. That will really help. You know, grow a variety of of, of plants. In, plants in your yard. Uh, just just try to make your yard sustainable. So so things even out. Beetles are here. We have to deal with it. The interesting thing about the beetles too is that the more they feed. And uh, the more beetles are attracted, mm-hmm. the plants ironically put out an a attractant fragrance. to entice other feeders. Yeah. And so it's important that you get out into the garden early in the season and that you're watching for that and that you're handpicking those beetles to minimize that plant damage. Yeah. God, this has been really That's fun. The new, it's new the webpage. end of the show. We have probably 30 seconds to go. We're not giving it up, Danny. No, that's fine. I, I'll go out for coffee. You guys take over. Uh, how do, what's that website again? Extension.umn.edu and go to Yard and Garden. And if you want to get to the Arboretum, the best get direction? Get to the Arboretum. Yes, it's just west of the city, just west of the intersection of 41 and 5. The big flower show is coming for the whole month of February. Great place to walk and always plants in inside a beautiful beautiful destination the arboretum it's just a great uh, great location We're, i'd like to go there this weekend myself and there's go. there's often master gardeners there to answer your right. questions too yes on Th- the weekends thank right. you all thank we'll you. see you thank individually you. next time here on news talk 830 wcco this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.